0: Hey, everybody. Luciano and Matt here. Um, Just coming in with a little bit of a different thing than we usually do. Um, So you guys may not know this, but we record pretty in advance of releasing our podcasts. And as we record this, it's about a week after all of the problems happened with uh, George Floyd's death and all of the riots and, and protesting and all of the stuff that followed. And we thought it would be... Like we we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it and we didn't address it because you know as much as our podcast is you know about being tongue in cheek and being funny and you know talking about things that aren't necessarily topical, um, I mean there's a time and a place where you have to kind of make your stand. So, um, and I'm just wanna I just wanna talk about this and I know Matt wants to and I'll 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 let him start with the actual talking but it's just we needed to get this out. And we needed to talk about it because we can't just be silent about it. So Matt, why don't you take it on and and then I'll follow.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, for me, I would have felt really weird about not talking about it, and being silent about it, because it's such an important thing that's going on for people. Um, And and at a high level, I'm, I want to say that I'm in support, we're both in support of of what's happening. Um, Definitely. and for us, I think it's just a matter of we're listening and we're trying to learn and, and, and grow and be better while being allies for everybody uh, in our our colleagues, our friends. Um, and I don't want to belabor the point and, and tell try to tr- explain too much to you because there's much better voices out there that are explaining this and how it impacts them. You know, if you haven't couldn't tell already, I'm just a white guy from Canada. Um, and so... I don't think it's my place to necessarily get into huge details about how it's affecting me or, or how I'm handling it. Um, really it's just a matter of making sure that everyone is, is understands how important this is for everybody and all of the people you care about in your life and, and to, to make sure you are paying attention, listening, learning, trying to help people be allies and, and really taking this seriously because it's very important for a lot of people, um, and, and recognize that, you know, it's not about being right. It's not about making sure you're on the right side of history. It's, it's about being a better person to the people you care about. And so that's, that's really my standpoint is I I'm in full support and I'm trying to listen and learn every day. And, and, and I think that for me, it's just a matter of being supportive at all times. And we still want to put up fun podcasts and joke around and put, make fun of each other and, and our friends. Uh, and so we're still going to put that podcast after this, but, but we just want to make sure that you know we're acknowledging it and and saying it's very important and and sort of putting our piece out there.
0: Yeah, and and I and I've I've said this during the podcast a couple of times, but I'm not I'm in Canada, but I'm not Canadian. I'm an immigrant. I came from Brazil, but I you know I'm a white guy too. So I, you know again just like Matt, I don't feel like it's my place to. Tell people anything. Um, try to educate anybody on anything. It's not my place. I don't live that reality. I don't suffer from from all of the indignities and all of the abuse that that black people suffer from. So I don't. It's not my place to educate or or tell or say anything. Like Matt, I I want to learn more. I want to stop presuming I know as much as I think I do, which I think is an important thing. Um, You know, a lot of us don't, are not like racist people, but we still believe that we know more than we do. So I think it's about admitting that you really don't know and listening to the people that have the knowledge on this and learn from them, help them, support them as much as we can in any way that we can. And I don't, I don't want to, and I'm not here to preach. I think everybody knows their own self best. But, I, you know, I would go even a little bit further than what Matt said is not just about being a better person to my friends and to my colleagues. It's just about being, you know, part of a better society. I, I wish we didn't have to address this. I, didn't, I wish it didn't, hadn't happened because, you know, I wish it wasn't something that, that was as endemic as it is and as problematic as it is. Um, I wish it was a situation that was unthinkable. But it's not. So we should definitely talk about it and we should definitely be supportive of, of everyone who's suffering with this. Um, and I'm just going to say for myself, um, black lives matter and, and they always will matter. And I just think as a society, we need to figure out a way of uh, showing that to them, that they do matter.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really important that we're all having these conversations, and and we I agree with them. Black Lives Matter. Um, the one thing I will say is is if if you're confused by this or you don't understand it, um, there's a comic by uh, uh, Chris Str- uh, Straub um, and and basically the comic goes is that you know uh, it, it talks about the Black Lives Movement as as a house on fire, and and so the comic kind of does the tongue in cheek back and forth of the sort of all lives matter versus black lives matter thing. And, and it's important to realize that, you know, at no point are, are people saying that only black lives matter. People are are just kind of pointing out that right now things are happening in to a specific set of people and we need to care and take care of them. And to bring it back to the com- comic, you know, yes, we don't want any houses to burn down, but the house that's on fire needs to be addressed first. And that's what people are trying to do. And so it's important that we are addressing those things. And in Canada, in particularly, we have, we have an endemic problem with how we treat uh, the Indigenous populations. And, and all of these things need to be addressed. But we need to address the things that are on fire, the things that are most problematic. And in this case, for the US, it's it's Black Lives Matter. And for Canada, it's it's probably a combination of that and the Indigenous people. So it's just important that we are are addressing these things and and doing our best to make them better for everybody.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, we're we're now rambling on a little bit, but I think, you know, I think we said our piece and I, I, I urge everybody to learn more about this, keep an open mind about this, you know, go, go research, talk to people, listen to them and, and try to be supportive. It's just, just be a, a good person. That's, it's not really all that hard to do. Um, I think with that being said, um, Matt, if you don't have anything to add.
1: No, uh Just enjoy this podcast. Have fun. Yeah. No. Have fun guys. You're wrong. Hey, Luciano. What is everyone wrong about today? 80s movies, Matt, and I'll tell you why. And
0: not only I'll tell you why, but I'll have backup telling you why, because we have some uh, guests today, Dwight and Andrew Dunn. We had a conversation about this where I thought that, you know, certain movies from the 80s would hold up today. Some movies would not hold up today, and we uh, decided to watch them so I could show you how wrong you were. Um, So we watched together with uh, our distinguished guests uh, three movies, Beverly Hills Cop, which came out in 84, if I'm not mistaken, um, Romance in the Stone, which also came out in 84, and Police Academy, which came out in 85, if I'm not mistaken, could be 84 as well. I think, honestly, I actually thought Beverly Hills Cop would not hold as well as it did, but there's still some weird stuff in there that i don't think audiences today would really care for um even though they were played down in the movie but before i start ranting like an old man uh let me actually ask uh our guests what they think so dwight what did you think about uh beverly hills cop uh,
2: for beverly hills cop i think it was like pretty standard cop mystery action fl- action flick um mm-hmm. Some of the plot points and stuff I had issue with, like, uh, oh, someone just gets murdered and no one really looks into it or uh, just some other weird things. But mostly I don't think there was any issue in terms of like political correctness too much going on in the movie. So I guess it would hold up for today's standard in terms of comedy and style. It's pretty much any kind of like cop movie but I don't think it'll do well t- in today's standard but it should release fine
0: do you think it would be because of like just the plot stuff or do you think there's actually a problem with like you know the way they portray Eddie Murphy as you know being this sort of roguish kind of cop that you know is always you know going out of, in, uh or going against his his boss's uh orders yeah, that's, and
2: stuff. that's pretty sad that's basically a like diehard right where uh john McClane specifically yeah. goes gets the rules and like shoots everyone up so it's like it's not <laughs> different
1: than any other action <laughs> action movie right they deserve yeah. to be shot because they're terror- terrorist <laughs> criminals <laughs> that's fair
0: yeah
1: bunch of germans
3: yeah
1: but how about like, you
0: andrew yeah
3: I think the whole plot line holds up to me. I think I'd watch a movie today that had the same kind of plot line. It's just like a fun, fun action movie that I'd probably watch on Netflix or something if I saw it come up. I think the only thing to me is like there's like those random side points or like uh, things that get mentioned that you're like, mm, maybe that wouldn't pass so much today. But to me, it's like it'd be easy to not not say that, just remove that part. It wouldn't really affect anything.
0: Oh well, you mean like that joke, the guys that were loading the stuff at the end used
3: yes yeah but it's like and it's not even critical it's just like they're offhanded comments that even stuff that we say today would probably in the future be like the same exact thing where it's just you wouldn't say that anymore but you wouldn't miss not saying it either
1: yeah do you think think that um eddie murphy's character axel foley was in a romantic relationship with his buddy that came back from california
0: <laughs> oh, oh wow, I did not expect that hot take to happen. <laughs> no. No, of <laughs> course not. What do you what mean? The hell? No? What? Why not? Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> why couldn't it have been? Because it was the eighties. Yeah, but don't take the eighties out of it. We don't have to worry about that. Like the eighties would would have hinted at it very, you know, very lightly without actually saying it. But
2: they were just, like, all buddy-buddy, right? They were just like, yeah. grab a drink. They really
1: buddy-buddy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Refresh my memory. Who is his best? Who is his friend? The guy, the that,
2: guy gets
1: that gets
3: killed. killed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay.
1: They're at the bar, and they're talking about, you know, how he didn't rat him out. And he's like, because I love you, man. And they, like, stare che- into each other's eyes lovingly, and then they, they cut away before they make out. That guy. You, what? <laughs> what movie Do you think, did you watch? open your eyes sheeple like it was pretty obvious jesus
2: could that be like poor acting like they're trying to really sell uh bromance but it turns into more like romance
1: maybe it's the best acting maybe that's how they were told to portray it but they couldn't you know act on it because it's the 80s and it would never sell wow possibly
0: no no don't encourage him what the the hell
1: movie that you made another movie this is what people do all the time. They look at movies and they're like, what did they really say in this scene? Like Eyes Wide Shut? Like that movie is just all about like people making up nonsense about what Kubrick was trying to portray in his films. Hey, movies this is what are people art. do. Yeah, yeah but, but that's, that's but that's Kubrick, not Zemeckis. Are, hey, are you saying that Beverly Hills Cop is not art? Oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, that's a little it's, hurtful.
0: It's a good but, movie, but come on. Like if they remade it today, definitely like Axel Foley would be a woman and the buddy would be a woman and they would be lesbians or something, but not in the 80s.
1: Well, I think you could just like, so, so let's go back to the first part. Is this a good movie? Yes or no, right? Because like you can change the characters, but like what was good about this movie and what was bad about this movie? Like what are the things you would change just to make it a better movie in general? done what do you think
3: uh to be honest like i said I'd w- if this was like a netflix movie i'd watch it <laughs> that came out this year i would for sure watch this i don't know if i would change too much because there's like there's a there's a place for this kind of movie where it's like you don't want to watch a movie where you have to like, kind of intently watch and figure out everything that's happening like you can like kind of space out space in in it and still kind of go along with the plot and that kind of stuff
0: how dare you are you saying the plot is thin and the acting is not good uh sure <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay okay just check just checking how about it's you like, Dwight? yeah yeah oh, sorry sorry go yeah. ahead then yeah. no it's like i enjoy like i enjoy that kind of movie when i'm up for that kind of movie basically fair enough
2: right yeah for me it's mostly it's like a solid b-tier movie it's like the plot is nothing special acting is nothing special uh nothing it's like a bog standard action movie. Uh, sure, it might have been pretty great way back when. I actually don't know how the ratings are for this movie um, when it came out. Do you guys if know? I'm,
0: if I'm not mistaken, it was one of the top grossing movies in '84.
2: So it been like a trip, like triple A quote unquote style movie before that time. It wasn't
0: not. It wasn't like a blockbuster. Too much. It wasn't like a Star Wars right mm-hmm. but it, it did pretty well and you have to remember this is and it's a good point that you bring up it might have been you know amazing in its day which i think is fair because this is kind of like when people watch seinfeld now and they think it's not funny it's yeah, because, because everyone else done it before exactly right? yeah. because exactly <laughs> but this is like uh i guess matt correct me if I'm wrong, if you know it, but I think it's one of the first really like cop movies that are comedy action like that.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like, remember anything before that. Well, you also were born in 80, so you didn't really drift. It's it's hard that's, to drift no, that's, backwards. That's fair. In movies, Right. Like, that's fair. That's fair. We, we go back and watch star Wars because it's such an iconic piece. But if you're talking about generic, you know, seventies movies, how many of us have gone back and watched a bunch of them? I mean, we had to force these two, uh, millennials to come back and watch movies in the 80s um, because yeah. they wouldn't have necessarily done that on their own. So, uh, is it the first Buddy Cop movie? Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It was very successful for its time. And, you know, yeah. how, how I much think money it just it means it like it was a successful Buddy Cop movie.
2: Wait, is it a Buddy Cop? Who's the buddy? Uh, uh, Rosewood. Rosewood, and, uh, Rosewood yeah.
3: And, and the other
1: guy.
2: Well, he started
0: the foil, Taggart. right? Uh, Taggart. Yeah he's, yeah, he's the foil. Yeah, that's fair. Like
2: when you say buddy cop, I imagine like Jackie Chan's uh, Rush Hour.
1: Yeah, where it's like that's that's a fair comment. It's just instead of them being partners, they 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 get together. But if you think about like Starsky and Hutch, right, that was a show in the seventies, and that was essentially a buddy cop TV show. That's true.
2: Okay, yeah, but yeah, um, for my opinion, it's mostly just like it's just the essence of what a buddy cop movie would be. It's like standard action, standard plot standard humor, I guess. Nothing outstanding
1: for so, movies so, nowadays. So to give context uh to, to your saying this is a standard thing, can you give us an example of what like an awesome one would be? Uh like rush hour. Um, I would say wait for Dwight to say rush hour. Yeah of course. Because I'm Asian <laughs> isn't it?
2: but like that's the stand that's like probably the standout action comedy cop related movie that i rush can hour come one, up
1: two or three uh one probably why why rush hour because i would argue that lethal weapon is better
3: I rush hour is more much... our generation
1: yeah 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 i was gonna say and also
0: lethal weapon is less of a comedy more of an action movie and rush hour is the opposite right what's the other one uh, martin Lawrence.
1: oh uh bad boys yes again that's more action than it's, yeah it's, but better. it is buddy cop right like it's, it's definitely it's buddy cop it's, yeah, I, I I wonder if, and this is this is the game we're playing, it's like nostalgia can't be stripped out of how you watch these movies, right? Like you watch those movies and you had a good feeling because of what was going on. Um, and you saw them, at they were like new and fresh to you, right? And now you're going back to 1984 where you've seen Buddy Cop movie and it's using 1984 uh, approach to making movies that it, it's not going to wow you because you've seen so much stuff that's quote unquote.
2: Yeah, crazy. I think... The standout for me in terms of Russia would be Jackie Chan's uh, physical humor, like that doesn't get old or stale. And the I, humor I, for uh, yeah,
0: it's it's just that that's very uh, it's black universal. White. It's
2: like, yes,
0: but some people hate that kind of physical humor, right? That's true. But so, but I, of- I get what you're saying. You're right. It's like if if you like that, you can watch that now, and ten years from now, and thirty years from now, and you're still gonna laugh.
2: I think if you watch like Jackie Chan's really old movies, like the ones in Made in Hong Kong, they still hold up because it's just physical humor or like um, the athleticism and stuff. The action just holds up, like bar none. Other than like probably John Wick style level of dedication to his uh, craft.
0: I think it's it has to do with like being funny like slapstick if you like it is always funny like i can watch these two just yeah. right now and laugh my ass off right so airplane mm-hmm. as another Air, example. yeah yeah so i think there's a element of that but like you like if you're gonna compare rush hour to uh beverly hills cop I, and which i th- i think you can because they're similar genres at the very least um you have to factor in like for example one thing to take into account is that you know 80s like early 80s until, like, I'd say mid-90s, that was, like, Eddie Murphy's heyday, right? Mm. That was, he was a a freaking star. Everything he touched turned to gold and that kind of stuff, right? And and that's until he started trying to be every single character in the fucking movie, then, you know, went downhill pretty fast. (laughs) Yeah. But, but yeah, but, like, he was, he was uh, 84. He had just released what is probably his most successful and famous um comedy special ever, which is delirious. I think that was eighty three. So like he was just riding that crest, right? Like mm. or riding that wave, I should say. Yeah. And he like he can he
1: carries that whole movie. Like the acting is terrible all around and it's still funny. And what movie? Beverly Hills Cop. Uh oh, I think he did a great job acting Eddie Murphy. And he I would did. say everybody else is fine. Like the his um female friend she was not great, and the villain and the guy from Better Call Saul were not great. But I think you know Rosebud was fine. Um, Ronnie Cox was fine. Um, you know Eddie Murphy did a really good job. I think the acting was uneven. I don't think everybody was bad. I don't think yeah. You know, I I I, I will
3: agree with that. Like <laughs> like was that just acting in the
0: eighties? Yeah, bit.
1: actually a little bit. I mean. It, I mean, if you think about, like, action movies now, like, you know, you brought John Wick, and that's very relevant. It's a it's a really popular action series. Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. They just make his... What he has to do so limited and focused that he does a good job in the role. But, like, you know, all the stuff goes around them. Nobody's a good actor other than, you know, Willem Dafoe. Um, everything is just so amped up to 11. Ian McShane's character is is insane, right? They're all... It's all just context to what you're watching and, and expecting out of these characters i think there's also like
0: back in the 80s I, that done Done actually brought a, a pretty good in, uh, point is like that was just acting for an action movie in the 80s like we don't see Ian mcshane's acting in john wick as like quote-unquote bad because we're that's what we expect in an action movie nowadays yeah and so maybe yeah i, I guess you're right because i don't remember granted the first time I watched this movie, I must have been eight, if that, um, and and I watched it dubbed in Portuguese with, with commercials in the middle of the movie. So take what that with Portu-
1: it. what was the Portuguese name of this
0: movie? Oh God! Uh, so without getting too further too far into it, um, there is a language that happens like a, a specific way of saying things in Portuguese that only movie titles and announcements use that no one else would ever. like, if you say that in the street, you get beat up because it's so lame. So this would be, I don't even know how to translate it. It would be like, okay, I'll translate it literally. It's a a heavy copper.
1: (laughs) Don't try to make sense out of it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Make complete. I know it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I want to watch that movie right now. That's yeah. that's the twenty twenty version on Netflix. It's heavy. Sure,
0: copper. sure. Also, mind you that Eddie Murphy in Portuguese sounds basically like every other black guy in any other movie, because it's just the one voice actor that makes black people voices,
1: right? Nice that was great. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: But anyway, um, I don't remember uh, the acting being like. Oh, I was like, oh, this is so terrible. Even when I watched it again, when I was like maybe whatever fifteen or so. Um, I was like, yeah, okay, but like, I think now we're it, they amped up the expectation, I guess, because Ian e. McShane is a good actor, first of all, and the fact that he is hamming it up doesn't really detract from John Wick. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess Dunn's right. This is just <laughs> like action movie slash comedy movie acting in the '80s, and that's what it is.
3: It'd be interesting to see like how it changed, like the 80s, 70s, eighties, nineties, two thousand, two thousand ten, twenties, like that. We can
0: we goes. can make another party like this in a few months, maybe a few weeks,
1: and yeah. watch some nineties movies. We'll see. We, we can find some nineties uh, movies. Maybe we do. You know, one of the rush hours is what, like late nineties, the first one. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, okay. late it's like
2: ninety-five or something. Yeah, but yeah. it's
1: bet. Well, okay, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, we'll we'll figure out a couple to to make sure we we touch all all decades of, of the genre as it yeah. is so so we've said that Beverly hills cop was good um and if we were to bring it forward into 2020 it we're kind of hit and miss as to whether or not it would hold up so what would be the things you would need to do to make it because dwight you said that you wouldn't care for it whereas done you're like i'd watch it on netflix so what are the things dwight you would need to do for 2020 to make it uh, a viable action flick
2: uh it's more like the plot like the plot points and plot pacing it was kind of all over the place or didn't really make sense it didn't really flow naturally um i don't know it it would be like a b to c tier movie like like uh andrew said it'd be something that releases on netflix without too much uh fanfare shots fired I mean that's what you said. That's what you
3: said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I didn't say that B or C tier movies are only on Netflix. Netflix has some good movies.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they do have good movies, but like where else would you find B C tier movies and just watching
3: nowadays? Well, I wonder if like would you watch this style of movie even if it wasn't Beverly Hills Cop? Like, do you like this style of movie?
2: Uh not too often. I don't think so.
3: Like, so it would have to be like I guess like a really popular and good movie, maybe you'd watch
2: it. Yeah, it has to be like uh, usually popular or something like super campy or ridiculous. Like um, Iron Skies, we watched with uh, Matt.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, I know you mean, yeah.
2: Those like super ridiculous. Like this one was. It would be vanilla Buddy Cop movie. Yeah.
3: So if they doubled oh. down on like the campiness of Beverly Hills Cops, you'd probably watch it now.
0: A bit
2: more, yeah. Like there was nothing ridiculous about it. It was. Was like, don't, don't, say it,
0: don't say it too loud because Eddie Murphy will hear it and he will remake it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I think it th-
1: works. That's the challenge is, is, is it's clear that Beverly Hills Cough was made as a vehicle for Eddie Murphy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's centered around Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy, which at 84 everybody wanted. And when you bring it forward and you're like, well, I don't care about Eddie Murphy, then mm-hmm. the the mystique of the movie's lost. Because if you don't really enjoy what Eddie Murphy does, yeah, the rest of it is generic it's generic plotting for the movie but the goal is to let Eddie Murphy shine and if you like Eddie Murphy it's great um, so that's I think that's that's the challenge of bringing it forward
3: that's a good point
0: I think like I I like this kind of movie but I think I, I enjoy the movie much more because of nostalgia goggles like you said Matt like I, you, you guys heard me when we were watching the moment the 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 soundtrack started playing I was like okay I'm in I'm in that's it yeah. You got How it. high does
2: this rate on uh, your nostalgia value for Matt and Luciano? So it's like, do you remember it being like a 10 out of 10 kind of like blockbuster level yeah. movie? Yeah,
0: yeah. Not blockbuster necessarily, but a 10 out of 10. Like I would watch this on repeat if I wanted, if I, if I
1: had to or if I, if I could. Can
2: you watch on repeat nowadays? No, no, no.
1: no not anymore. Matt? T- taking away um, the fact that there are 10 million things to watch, um, uh, you know, back in the 80s or back in the 90s, if this came on, I would definitely watch it. It's really enjoyable for me to to exactly the reasons that Dunn says. It's nice to be able to watch a movie and have it not be complicated, not mm-hmm. have it like the plot twist 17 times. Like Sometimes that's fun, but lots of times you just want to like completely shut down. So I would rewatch it, but it's really hard to make something rewatchable that you do more than, you know, once or twice every five years because – you have so much to do, and there's so much content now. that's yeah, does it hold
2: viable. up? Does it hold up to your nostalgia, though? Like,
1: oh, it holds up to nostalgia great because it's just Eddie familiar, Murphy being funny, and he's genuinely funny. Like I, you know, I think he was funny then, and he's still funny now. And and thankfully, uh, most of it is is neutral to the way we've grown as a society. There, there's surprisingly zero racism towards him being a black cock. Yeah, that was from 84 that would have shown up right
0: that was my concern when we talked about this at first the way i remembered the plot going especially his character is like oh look at this guy from detroit he's also black you know and then he, he uses bananas i'm mean, like the, all those things together is bad yeah. but that's not how it goes in the movie right it's yeah no, it was, totally. those
3: are like their own tropes by themselves they're not like specific to him yeah Yeah, Yeah.
0: there's nothing to do with, like, him, oh, look, he's the only one who understands the criminals because he was a criminal or anything like that, which is what I remembered, but I was wrong.
1: Like, it's, yeah.
2: (laughs) Do you think it was mostly because it was starring Eddie Murphy that they didn't
1: uh, lean into that too hard? No. Um, But they could have leaned on it. So this is a good point to probably shift to to Police Academy because we're already, like, 20 minutes in on this. But this is a, a good point you bring up, like, they could have played that for comedic effect, right? Like Eddie Murphy could have played into that somehow to be like, you know, that was, a black cop, etc. There's a little bit, but they could have played into it more. Whereas yeah. Police Academy couldn't help but fall over itself on the gay jokes; like it couldn't, couldn't yeah. stop yeah. doing it yeah. consistently. Yeah. Which one they, thing they was, use the N word once in Beverly Hills Cop, and yeah. it's him saying it, right? Yeah. So, so if we shift to Police Academy. Uh, Done. Why don't you take this one first? Uh, how how would you rate this one? I think. I,
3: <clears throat> wow, I like please police academy best out of all of them. To be honest,
1: uh, uh, man after my own heart. So you're you're a monster then? You just you hate the gays and everything else. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd apply my same logic to that. I bid Beverly Hills
3: Cop. If if this was out today, there'd be a bunch of things that were removed. But I would still find it enjoyable. Like I found it enjoyable for like the plot and like the things that happen versus those little those little like uh not so on point comments and stuff that happened throughout the movie
1: right so so all jokes aside um you clearly don't hate the gays but like what what parts (laughs) of of police academy were enjoyable to you like not the one-off cheap jokes but like the what what part of it was
3: ah that's a really good question I think it's just the whole, the whole concept of, like, it's just these, like, wacky people trying to become cops, and it's, like, they go out and they're, like, committing crimes, and then it's, like, they go back to school, and it's, like, okay, now, we, now we're going to take this test on how to be a cop. It's, like, it's that, that concept to me, I think is, like, enticing to me.
1: So do you think this – I listened to another podcast called The the Rewatchables, and they review a whole bunch of old movies, and one of the things they ask is, could this be remade as a, a Netflix series? Do you think this would be a better thing nowadays to make it like a, a six-episode Netflix series versus just a, a one-off hour-and-a-half movie?
3: Oh, that's really hard. I would say no. I feel like it's better off as a movie because, like, I don't know – I feel like if you stretch this kind of movie out into, like, say, like six hours – There'd be like too much gaps between the things, or you'd have to like pile on the jokes. Like, what, something. If, what if I what?
1: told you they made like six or seven of these? Police academy I was gonna movies? say, I was gonna say jokes on you, they stretch it
0: into seven movies, not seven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but do they each have their own kind of unique plot, or it's the same style of plot for all of them? I yeah, they have, they have unique plots. The only one I ever remember is Police Academy goes to Miami, it's like number five for whatever reason. Um, and yeah. so it's all centered around Miami, but like there's other ones where it's like we'd have to look at it. Like They have their own plots in theory, yes, but it's basically just riffing off this same stuff again and again. They do change characters, though.
0: Um, like, the second movie, uh, half of the cast is not there, and the the whole premise of the second movie is their um, um, Lasseter's brother ha- is the captain of a precinct, and he needs new cops because of some reason I don't remember, and then the The recruits get sent like mahoney and and Jones they all get sent there and then instead of it being uh Lieutenant Harris being the foil, it's a guy called Lieutenant Mauser who is just as funny actually but that like the second movie is a lot more like slapsticky and a lot more like it ramps up the craziness, and the plot is even thinner than the first one. <laughs> And oh, then wow. from
1: yeah. And from the third movie on is just garbage. Like it's just terrible. I mean, um, terrible in comparison to Police Academy. Uh, Dwight, what are your what are your did you love Police Academy?
2: Uh yeah, I think I enjoyed it the most. Same as Andrew. Um for me it mostly was how the humor was done. Like I know this is not probably the highlight or the best joke of the movie, but when um they were hiding under the podium with the prostitute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you then, would like that joke. <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: it was raunchy. It was like, there's like a wink and nod kind of thing to the camera where it's like, oh yeah, obviously it was the prostitute giving him a blowjob under the podium. But like, he only sees Mahoney at the end. It was like, and they also paid it back at the end where,
1: yeah.
2: when he, when Mahoney was giving the speech, yeah. there was someone under the podium. It's like, that was that was a nice little like I don't know callback kind of humor comedy. Yeah, that's
3: whatever.
0: That's just a
2: good all around joke. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I know there was like some homophobic stuff in it, but I'm not sure if that was like really hating on the gays. So let me
0: let me give you some context. Um, sure. In the 80s and 90s, even like we never like I can tell you I used. Uh, you know, gay or, or or as, as just like a word that it didn't, I didn't even know it had anything to do with homosexuals until I was a lot older. Right. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it good, but it's, it's just thrown around. Like it's a thing, it's a bad thing, but it's a thing that was there. Like you, you know, if you wanted to kind of insult a guy or try to kind of get him, you know, off balance, you would say that he has some sort of homosexual tendency. And yeah, that was just
1: all over the '80s, right? It's like so a
2: standard I, insult, right? Like uh, you don't even it, think about it. Exactly,
1: well, that's exactly it. I mean, that's exactly it, it. It's it's ignorance. It's you know, you don't yeah. think oh, yeah. about it, but you're being ignorant to what you're doing because you you kind of know you're just ignoring it because everyone else is doing it, and I yeah, think that we so can all admit it. to. It, it yeah. doesn't
0: even register that it
1: is offensive, and then you might be hurting people with this. Yeah, like, like you, you know, you know that it's probably you know where the term comes from. But you don't put. You, I was too young and naive to connect the dots. Right. That's. I think. That's exactly. What I, I think that's what it is. Yeah.
2: yeah. But I think when we used it back then, like we didn't actually have any hate for the homosexuals or whatever. When you use that term, you're just like you're just trying to piss the other person off. Like, yeah, it was ignorance. But I guess if you release this movie nowadays, a lot of people might have issue with a lot of the jokes that they came out with. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: So, so you'd have to drop all the the. The gay jokes. The but, uh, when, club stuff.
3: Yeah, because yeah, you like can't... The part, there's even like the cross-dressing parts and stuff. That wouldn't fly as much today.
1: No. And so the one part I'm curious about whether it would still be good is the part where the, the obviously racist cadet um, basically has a Ooh, slur yeah. against black people. Could you keep that in because of the way the high tower, the 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 large guy reacts to it. Or could you would you still have to chop it just because it's like you're you're treading on territory in a comedy that you really don't want to get into.
2: Huh, that's that's yeah. interesting. I guess like you can do it, but you're taking like a sort of a risk for it. I don't think like if this was an R and it is an
0: R R rated comedy, which most of 80s comedies should be because there's tits everywhere. Like I've I i do not understand. There's like a movie about someone dying of cancer and then suddenly there's tits. Like I don't understand what what's wrong with the 80s, but
3: it's an American or uh, a European PG. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But like I don't I don't know that you could get a studio that would accept that kind of risk for a comedy. That's the thing.
3: Yeah, I think that well, I think nowadays that's only really like commonplace and like uh trying to think of like an example i don't want to say like inglorious Bassers or something like that but like there's a very specific scenario that it like it it's, fits in.
0: if it's if it's a period piece and that's that was the language that was used like if you think about django
3: right yeah, yeah, yeah. like
0: like leonardo dicaprio says the n-word as if they were commas basically and mm-hmm it's fine because one he is the villain or sort of the villain kind of yeah he's the villain and two that was the times that's that's how it worked but like for a movie like police academy where like the era uh, in which is set isn't really that important to the plot or to the story or anything it'd be hard to justify right and he used like the the only real term that he used isn't even that known Right, because like he he said, uh, you know, something like, "Oh, there's a lot of spades around," and we even like paused the movie and talked about it. Right when when it did happen.
3: Yeah, cause but, I feel like the pre- yeah, I think you're right that the premise of police academy you could put that in like any year basically.
0: Yeah, and, but you couldn't justify saying, "Oh no, this is set in the '80s, so it's just going to be racist and homophobic." Like you can't tell that.
3: No, especially yeah, exactly. in a comedy. Yeah, yeah. There's very specific like standards for comedy now.
1: Well, that's an interesting point because I was trying to think about this the other day. Have we really had like a major blockbuster everyone's seen comedy released lately? You know, I think back to, oh, to man. you know, Wedding Crashers pops to mind or maybe The Hangover. Old school. Old school. And I think, you know, in the last, like, I struggled and I didn't think long or hard. I kind of just, it was a toilet thought. and It went away and I left. Uh, but... <laughs> But like, I was it's like, is there like a blockbuster comedy the, nowadays that everybody knows was like amazing? Or is everything like a genre piece that's like comedy's in this movie, but it's also serious or it's got drama-, drama or it's got action? Like, is there just a straight up comedy film anymore? That's I don't good.
2: think there is one anymore. Yeah. They, they piecemeal comedy in all movies, like Avengers. It's every dead moment they bring up comedy and like they try to make a joke or try to liven up the mood of very serious tone going on and i guess that's yeah even
0: deadpool right yeah even deadpool Deadpool has has,
3: example of it
0: yeah but it's it still has like the action is still as important
2: but they use it to undercut like the more serious tone right like there's no straight up comedy it's like action comedy uh yeah yeah
0: it's not just a straight like like police academy where it's just okay this is just supposed to be funny Mm-hmm. Right, like there was zero stakes in the movie, and we never thought anybody was gonna die or, you
2: yeah. know. I think uh, Hangover would probably be one of the the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably Actually, the case. Like,
3: there's the Adam Sandler movies too,
2: but they
1: don't land as well anymore. So they're like... not
2: blockbusters like that. So, are they?
1: Are they good? Like, what's the last good Adam Sandler comedy? Like, they're all safe, but like. Grown ups isn't hilarious. It's just like, ah, oh, it's you know, Adam Sandler and his buddies. Cool, I'll watch it. It's a solid like five or six.
0: Yeah. The last the last good Adam Sandler movie is probably Big Daddy. This is in the nineties,
2: probably.
1: Yeah, I guess like it's like ninety nine.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it's like a dying genre. Like all those styles of movies, they never hit they never gross or never become popular or viral.
1: But comedies in general are relatively cheap, I would think, in comparison to like all the CGI that you need to put into action movies. So it's not like John Wick, you know, actually kills all those people. So there's a lot of CG work that needs to be done to show them. And you can, and honestly, in John Wick, no, I love John Wick, but no offense, you can clearly tell that people aren't being shot. Like the blood spattered looks just a little off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, hold, hold on. What, what are you
0: saying? You're saying he's not an actual, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> i know spoiler what? sorry everybody
1: spoiler alerts oh John my god is not life. a serial killer i need to go rethink my life now yeah you both I think, should
3: i think we had a lot of comedies in like the 2000s maybe it's like like fatigue. like american pie kind of thing well like even like Austin powers <laughs> a lot of those no. are like the 2000s maybe like we hit like fatigue for comedies everyone got tired of them
1: that's true but like do you get tired of comedies? because i don't but, but i don't like not eat I, masses is it because I just watch stand up comedy on like there's been no, because of Netflix generally, it's been so easy to just watch stand up comedians do their stand up, right? Like, yeah, it's just we have access to comedy in a way we didn't before, or That's is it just point. because the world's so, so you know, like, uh, shitty. <laughs> <laughs> for,
0: li- like for lack of a better term, like highbrow It's like, oh, if this is just like straight up comedy that it, you know, is just a turn off my brain movie, it's too lowbrow for my, you know, refined tastes or something like that.
1: Yeah, like we uh, need so- mixed
0: genres?
2: So the thing with um 007, like all the old ones were campy, had some kind of humor. All the new ones with Daniel Craig, it's like, it's just straight up, I don't know, Actual. grim, dark s kind of level.
1: I mean that's how how he was written as a character. Yeah, but yeah. You know,
2: it was product of like, oh, everyone's so tired of like the comedy spy thriller. Now we just I want think, to, like, go hard. I think Dwight it. makes a good point of everything being more grim dark. Maybe
0: we should blame Game of Thrones.
3: I think I think for uh, 007, awesome powers really affected them. Yeah, because they were making fun yeah. of the whole concept of like Double O Seven being like kind of funny but not.
1: Yeah. I watched Goldmember recently because uh, <laughs> I love that movie. Um, so good. And, like and the third one? The second one. It was oh. the one with like um, he goes back in time and he meets uh, yeah. Heather Graham. I love Gold. Um, mm-hmm. Is that Goldmember? Maybe I'm thinking of the second no, one. No, it's then. not
0: it's not. Cuz Goldmember is the one where he, again Gold Member, he goes back in time. Isn't it the one where he the 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 villain is like a, a Dutch guy? That's Goldmember.
1: Is yeah. it? He's Dutch. Yeah. That okay. yeah I, I, let me look this up while we talk about it anyways the, the point is is like i watched that one and and they do just so blatantly and obviously rip off uh, james bond movies like they're so like on the nose about it too they make no effort to like be secretive about it i don't and think so maybe, they ever wanted to do that like be secretive i mean no they they were literally trying to take the piss out of james bond um <laughs> yeah as, as the british say uh but but i just wonder like You know, Games Bond has gotten more serious because people really want like a action has to be realistic and over the top. I mean, listen, Dunn and I have a love for Fast and the Furious that (laughs) no one can deny or suppress. But those movies are insane. Like they drive cars between buildings in in Dubai. Like it's the action is so over the top. Why we can't have a comedy film still confuses me. So I think it has to do also, and
0: this is a, probably a topic for another episode, but it's it, there's been a huge dry spell of like new IPs or like original stories in movies lately. Mm. It's always an adaptation or a reboot or a sequel or a remake or whatever. And like you'd be hard pressed nowadays hard to food. say someone's going to remake Police Academy nowadays. Because like, I don't think it would fly. They would have to change the plot and and a lot of the jokes so much that would end up being a completely different movie. And I don't gritty, think that
1: route where like half the police academy squad is murdered or killed in like an attack on the police academy and like how everybody grows up to you know build a squad to get revenge and murder the people that murder the the cadets. Oh, can yeah. Heard that the, the
3: Scottish. What's, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Ignore me. I can't remember his name. Not he's, an not actor? In, he's not in much anymore. Yeah, the actor. Like, Chen Connery? <laughs> no. If, if I like <laughs> one of his names, you'd know it right away. But, he, Gerard, he'd be perfect Gerard Butler? It. Yes, that's who it is. Yeah. He'd be perfect for it, would he not?
0: Oh, like, yeah. For what? Like a remake of Police
1: Academy, starring what? Gerard Butler and Willem Dafoe?
3: Yeah, with, with Matt's plotline that he just came up with.
1: Yeah, but. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is too good of an actor. Gerard Butler would be like. The, the leader of the cadets and then you'd have like one or two hot young actors or actresses. Maybe like, you know, like Taylor Swift is her first acting gig is in this Police Academy movie to bring in, bring in uh, the millennials to watch.
0: As what Sergeant Callahan.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: that That's a, okay. So that's another, let's just before we close talking about um uh, Police Academy. What'd you guys, you uh, Dwight and Don, and what'd you guys think about that whole Um, I don't want to say over-sexualization of that, but particular situation by like Callahan being, you know, lusted over and, you know, getting together with the fake Spanish guy or or Latino guy. What do you guys think about that?
2: Uh, For me, it was like too on the nose. Um, I didn't realize how raunchy 80s comedies actually were. (laughs) Oh boy. You have seen nothing. Yeah, I know. Because nowadays... I guess it's pretty tame. It's like very tame compared to the 80s, but like I didn't know it was there just were, straight up nudity out of nowhere.
1: So there were rules to comedies in the 80s. Um, and essentially, one of the rules was that you showed naked women like yeah. once, maybe <laughs> twice at the very most. And just, it happened.
0: It was the rule. And it just just breasts.
2: Yeah, it was like, else. It was pretty nonchalant, I guess. I'm not sure if it was for you guys, but it was like, oh, just like pan over a bunch of naked girls in the shower and then. Like, yeah.
1: That it's, was, it's too ahead. nonchalant right like that's it's yeah. just like you don't need to show these women showering what yeah. this has no plot point like at all
2: i guess i would be like misogynistic in terms of like how they portrayed women in those times but oh like, yeah there are still like raunchy moments nowadays but i guess it's not so i don't know what, what it if, is yeah what
3: if i a build up to it it's not what just if like,
1: I, sorry what if i told you that in the eighties you didn't have the ability to see naked women on the internet. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. that's what if I, I told that, you that the eighties did not have internet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe you. Can you come again? <laughs> <All> <laughs> and right. That's that's actually another thing that we would and this this is pervasive, I guess, to all three movies, but You know, you guys were saying, oh, uh, I think it was Matt that was saying, like, there's so many options nowadays that why would I watch this particular movie over another one? Or why would I watch this one or repeat? That was the thing in the 80s that you watched whatever was on TV, right? Yeah. And you didn't have a million choices in a million channels necessarily.
3: Well, there's probably even less, like, less options to go to the movies to see, like, I feel like there's less movies that came out, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah so it's not like oh. you had
3: like eight movies going at the theater it's probably like three or four so it's like you're choosing like Beverly Hill Cops or Police Academy or like two other yeah. movies
0: yeah and and it, that that's where I think uh, Matt uh, feel free to chime in but like for me that's where watching shit on repeat came from it was like okay I love this thing and there's really nothing else that I know I like so I'm just gonna watch this again and again and again yeah. and again and also no internet to see boobies so
1: like yeah it's true it's true yeah yeah, that's why you watch movies over again because your choices were limited um so so if we wrap up police academy uh and we move on to uh, romancing the stone when we look at police academy you guys enjoyed it the most because it was funny and while there were jokes uh made at the expense of one group society that we kind of just accepted in the 80s and 90s because we didn't know better and we didn't Realize the impact um you still think that these the physical comedy the sort of the intentions of the comedy and the sort of structure of the movie was enjoyable is it it's the best but is it the least of the three to be able to be just moved forward without any changes
3: no, i feel like it's probably the almost the most that would have to be
0: yeah so i think that's what matt's asking oh. like if you wanted to bring it forward to today you'd have to change a lot of it yeah
2: yeah yeah, you probably have to change quite a bit, but I think some of the tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff could stay in, but like just the outright homophobic and I guess racist remarks, you got to probably tweak a bit. But yeah. uh, since I'm neither of those demographics, I can't really say or be outraged by any of it. So I didn't find anything outrightly offensive, other than the some of the racist remarks. Um, the gay club stuff was it's kind of f- funny, but also I don't know how like hateful. That or, fly yeah. That probably wouldn't fly, but like, you can go to like a, a more toned down
1: kind of like gay club and that would be fine, I guess. But like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so because the the thing is, is like, just because you're not gay doesn't mean you don't know that that's playing on a trope that Fair, those people in a negative light. Right. And I think that's the problem is that, you can't just go to any sort of gay club because the whole trope is like being gay is bad or wrong or not socially accepted, and that's that's where it falls flat. So you'd have yeah. to find another joke. Yeah, another
0: nowadays thing. that joke would be you know those two guys that I don't even remember the names. Um, they are they would be like let's say conservative right wingers maybe, but like crappy ones, and they would end up in a redneck bar, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess comedy
2: really falls within your Time period, like what's okay oh, to make yeah. fun of. Um, because yeah. I guess if it weren't homosexuals, they were making fun of probably if you bring it up to today's standard, it'd be like I don't know, rednecks or something, yeah, that you'd be making Th- that's fun of, or what I think too. yeah, exactly. So it's like, I guess comedy to be funny, or I guess to make a funny ish, or one way to make a funny comedy is you have to be somewhat offensive, yeah. but you know, like. There are lines, and like, I don't know what the proper line is in today's standard, but like, okay. I guess the reason why we found some of it funny was because it was somewhat offensive, too.
3: I feel like it's when the uh, it's offensive towards like one specific thing. Like, it could be offensive in very like broad kind of things and like offensive to like multiple various things. But when like most of the offensive parts are against like one specific group, then that's when it's kind of like more over the top to me
2: like when it's actually hateful
3: or or like it's just like just one so like it's just specifically against gay people mostly okay it's not like they went like branched off and went into like other other things and that it's just like most of the focus was just on like gay people basically it's very
0: gratuitous
3: too right yeah, like yeah. there's
0: no there's no need for that in the plot yeah no like it was just a choice basically
3: yeah
2: actually for uh, matt and luciano what what are your opinions on police academy I don't think we cover that. It's one of my favorite movies of all time as far as comedies go, honestly.
0: like, Really? I must have watched it 15 times. And I hadn't watched it in a very long time. But I I basically said kind of what I think. Like, I think there's a lot of nostalgia for me. And I still find it funny because, uh, you know, in some ways I'm a monster. But also I can remember the context of the era. And I... Although I am, you know, a hundred percent behind the fact that it's wrong and you shouldn't do it, and it, it obviously hurtful and wrong, it's still, it's still funny, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I like it a lot more because of, you know, the the memories and nostalgia goggles than like if it was just a movie I'd never seen before and I watched it today, I'd probably not like it as much.
1: How about you, Matt? Um, I. I... As I told you guys when we were watching that, I dressed up as as a character from Police Academy for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, so these movies hold a, a special place in my heart. Um, it's it's tough because I, I think Luciano's nailed it. I'm able to concept- uh, con put the context behind when the movie was made and understand that this isn't necessarily funny, but at the time it was deemed to be funny, and that's why it's there. Um, but I think it's so wrapped up in nostalgia that I can't unravel the two. If I was showing this movie today, you know, would I have a hard time laughing at those scenes? I I honestly don't know. I I would like to say yes, but coming from a place where we knew that that was funny, if this was a 2020 movie, I probably would be outraged or maybe not outraged, but like be like, well, that's not funny. Um, And, and so it's interesting to see what I'm willing to accept because it was done in the 80s versus if it was done in the two, the you know 2020s. And and I think that's good because we want to show growth as a society. But do I go back and want to watch all of them? Yeah, because they were funny and and they remind me of of my childhood and and there are parts that are so genuinely funny or stupid and and I for one really enjoy having a chance to escape from from being an adult and rejecting all of the you know, it's COVID and it's, um, you know, the darkest timeline, all that stuff. Just just from being an adult and having responsibilities, it's nice to watch a movie where your brain can just check completely out and you're going to have a good laugh. Um, and, and I find we're missing those movies, so I'm forced to turn back to, to movies like Police Academy to watch.
0: Okay, let's... Uh, um let's still go to the one i i kind of know you guys didn't like it, the, the or you like the least romance in the stone so
3: done you what are your thoughts yeah this was definitely the least one i liked like by a factor probably <laughs> i just the like the plot i don't know i just didn't couldn't stay like focused on what was actually happening i felt like i needed to stay focused kind of on what was happening in it versus like the other two where you could kind of jump in and out of what was happening Talk about something and not actually be kind of lost about what was going on
1: i would like to point out for the record that this was, this was luciano's choice to be the one that <laughs> held up the best um so your choices suck and your opinion is very wrong on this one <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could argue with that but yeah i
0: remember it being way better <laughs> uh
3: anyway especially Dwight? the beginning oh sorry go ahead go yeah ahead. especially the beginning to me i'm like what is this like a western and but no <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah for me i think the western part was probably the most interesting of the movie it was like like oh, the they're... first
0: two minutes yeah the first two minutes were like
2: <laughs> it was like pretty engaging i don't know there's some action acting was pretty decent and like there's hints of mystery that you were kind of like interested in um mostly for me the plot was kind of hard to follow and really weak um Acting was mediocre, but I guess that's like sign of the times. Uh, but I
0: think it's more than just that. Like
2: Yeah, but I think the biggest thing was um I don't know. It was just there's nothing invest or making me invested in the movie. It was like, Oh, uh they're gonna go hunt for it was like a treasure hunt at the end, it was like a ransom movie at the beginning, and then there was like some weird shootout with alligators at the very end of the movie and like it was all sure? over the place we watched
1: the same movie like wasn't it it was like it was like a
2: ransom movie at the beginning
1: I mean like the ransom was just the thing to bring her to to, to uh, Columbia. Uh, uh, Columbia. I, yeah. I the rest of it I agree with you the ransom thing was just like for me it's just like oh well she's in Colombia now and now the movie can start
2: yeah that's the hook I think um nothing made me really care about any of the characters it was like there was no I wasn't invested in the characters. It was like, oh, she just wants to go and give the map to someone. She ran into this dude that like can help her out, but he's a dick. And it's like, eh, whatever. It was like I could, I was like kind of zoning out of the movie. I was like, no, oh. like Andrew said, it was you had to like actually pay attention and keep track because it didn't really grab your attention.
3: I think the thing that bugged me the most was that it kept being marijuana and not cocaine.
1: my mind cannot accept this I've watched way too much of Narcos I I wonder if it was filmed in Colombia and Colombia is like you can film here but you can't talk about the cocaine thing (laughs) probably probably yeah that's right, too, because like that
3: was going on like then like like more more uh, more than now
2: that was a current situation politics kind of stuff oh yeah yeah
3: Yeah. well it's like it's like the filming of uh, Narcos in Mexico about marijuana and stuff that was super dangerous yeah. So, I can see the reasoning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, my, I'll give you my reason to picking that movie is because one is probably the one I watched the longest. So, I didn't really remember how bad the acting was and how convoluted the plot tried to be and failed. But also because, and we talked about this before, uh, choosing that one is there's a sequel to that movie called Jewel of the Nile, which is a much better movie, actually. Because you don't have to introduce characters. You don't have to create that, like, <clears throat> frankly, unbelievable romance. Because, I was, oh, yeah, the guy was a dick to me the whole time. Now I'm going to fall in love with him just because reasons. And, like, I remember Kathleen Turner being a much better actress <laughs> also. But, um, yeah, Jewel of Denial is a much more, like, action-oriented movie. And, and if I recall correctly, like, the plot is better. But I could be wrong. I was clearly wrong with this one, but um I also thought that this one was would hold on like it would hold up better than Beverly Hills Cop. Again a mistake. So I guess in th- this episode should just be called Luciano's wrong, but like that's the name of every episode. No, it's not. <laughs> Actually, uh, my
2: question would be was this filmed after Raiders or before?
0: I think it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think it's yeah. after.
2: So I guess it was pulling a lot of influence from that sort of movie. Oh,
0: for sure, for sure, it was banking hard on the adventure kind of.
2: But it was like, I think
0: this one came out the same year as Temple of Doom.
3: It like missed on every every one.
2: Yeah, it didn't have.
1: (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Raiders was eighty one. This is eighty four. Yeah,
2: but I guess like in terms of like, um, I watch Raiders. One or two years back, and like I think that completely holds up in terms of like storyline, uh, investment in characters, uh, character building, and that kind of stuff. Like it feels well, Spielberg is Spielberg for a reason, right? That's true, and I guess that's kind of why *Romance of the Stone* doesn't hold up. Like you can see the Raideresque esque uh, influences, and it doesn't carry any of the lessons that you might have learned or seen as to why Raiders was a good movie.
1: That's let me at, let me ask you this question. If, and I'll preface it with the fact that movies I find I found movies in the in the eighties were and even the early nineties were made with very specific intents. So, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is is an action film uh, that is oriented to to a certain demographic. And if if I was to tell you that you had to go to the theater to watch a movie and you were on a date. Um, would would this movie have been like an amicable uh compromise between the two of you? Because you get a little action, you get a little romance, everybody leaves unhappy, but you got to see a movie that <laughs> you know? Yeah,
2: I guess it's like a date movie, I guess. Like it pleases both yeah. audiences.
3: It's a crossover. Uh,
2: yeah, I guess if you do if you do put it that way, like it this was made to become a movie you watch with someone you're dating or someone you're seeing with, like, some romantic undertones. I completely see it. I guess if you go watch Raiders, it's, like, oh, I don't know. That's, like, a pure action adventure flick, and there's no, like, romantic undertones. I don't think so. I but, was definitely seen as a guy movie. Back yeah. Then. Okay. No. So, yeah, I guess Matt makes a good point, but, like, it doesn't hold up.
1: What do you think, Matt? What, what, how you liked the movie back then, and now... Um you know, of all the movies, this one certainly showed that the story was nonsensical. Like, I, I was actually on board with the idea that she was going to Cuba, or Cuba, God, Colombia. Racist. And, ah, uh, they're different, or whatever, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, like, she, the hook to get her down there was fine enough. Like, the thing that she was, she was a romance novelist, and like, cool, but like, romance novelists, as far as I understand, make made no money in the 80s. Like, it's like, yeah, you're a published author, but, you know, the genre is a very niche genre, so she isn't necessarily rich, so they didn't play it that way, which was fine. She just had a job. That was a, it let them get away with a, a quirky title. Um, But once she gets there, like, the fish out of water thing, like, they, they I think they try to do too many things. Like, fish out of water, um, and then it's like, you know, the fact that she meets a, a local man who is Michael Douglas, she's like, really, guys? Like, He's just a white dude. Like, he's not a local. He's just a guy who lives there. But like, they couldn't have gone with somebody from Colombia, right? Like, that's the eighties. It would never have flown. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just the pacing of it's just all over the place because like like they're stuck together. That's fine. You know, fish out water stuck together. You have to follow them around. Great. And then all of a sudden they've decided to fall in love. And I'm like, wait, when, when did that happen? Um, and then the Danny DeVito subplot of him chasing them around. There's just too many characters going on. There's too many. You know, it was like three villains, basically. It was just so much happening that it never settled into a storyline that had meaning or 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 anything else. And, did, they ever, and did
2: they ever say who hid the gem and all that? Like, where did it come from? No, nope. no, no. That's not important. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. It was just like, here's a, a treasure map. Good luck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, overall, it was like, I remember it. Maybe it's because I watched it as a kid. My simple kid brain couldn't figure all this stuff out. But like when I watched it as a kid, it was like, Oh, that was fun. That was cool. Like it, it was Same. like if I if you if you say Raiders of the Lost Dark is a ten, I'll be like, that's like a like a I can't use seven because that's the coward's number, but I would have given it a, a, probably an eight. Just um, use the coward's number, man. No, I'm <laughs> never gonna use the coward's number. Jesus. Um, I would have said it's an eight. And after watching, it, I'm like, that's like a four. Like it was yeah. just all over the that's place. That's a five for me.
2: How would you guys but still rank Raiders right now?
0: Raiders is a nine for me, ten maybe. Matt. It's yeah. such a good movie all around.
1: I would still say it's a nine or a 10. Like, I think, I, again, I can't take it out of the context it was put in, but, but you know, when it was, for God's sakes, was made in 1981, so I would give it a, Yeah, but like objective, a solid
2: nine. objectively yeah. speaking, what made Raiders a 10 in today's standard and Romantic the Stone, Beverly Hills Cop, and Police Academy? I guess your opinion kind of dropped as to when you watched it, as opposed to Raiders is still held up to that standard, even through the times.
1: It depends on what you're gonna hit Raiders failing for, right? Raiders had the one thing of it's it's simple. It's a simple story, right? It's mm-hmm. like this cool guy Indiana Jones, like he's he's an adventurer. Everybody loves someone looking for like ancient treasure and artifacts. The villain is simple; it's Nazis. Everybody understands that Nazis are evil. Um, like it's it the story is very simple, and that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the elegant movie. It's like a simple story. He has to do this before the Nazis do because the Nazis are evil. And then you wrap action sequences around it. And which could you update those action sequences for, for 2020? Yeah, uh, but overall it's really good. And I think you know we forget this, but Harrison Ford is a charismatic as hell actor, and so he really pulls that movie along. And Michael Douglas it's, is, he's a good actor, but he's not charismatic. It's it's a different thing. So first of all, you know back in the
0: 80s, uh, Harrison Ford gave a shit which, you know, that makes a whole lot of difference when you're acting. And and Michael Douglas is a good dramatic actor more than an action actor. Like, if you watch, you know, all, all of the uh, sides aside, if you watch Basic Instinct, he does carry that movie acting-wise. I mean, sure, Sharon Stone's body carries the movie otherwise, but, like, uh, like, if you go from an acting perspective, he does a really good job in that movie. And also, like... Other movies in the '90s that he's more of a, a dramatic um, actor than, than he's trying to be an action guy, <clears throat> he holds up much better. Whereas Harrison Ford's really good at the action stuff. Plus, the script for Raiders is much more like tight than than Romance in the Stone* is. Would you say cause action... it was
2: it was like a lot simpler, a lot easier to follow? Like there was no, I don't know, there's no fluff. I was like, yeah, okay.
0: exactly. It's because Ra- uh, Raiders is is straightforward, like Matt said, like you're saying, uh, Dwight. Like, it's like, this is what it is. We're going after the treasure. There's the, all of this danger, and the Nazis are evil. Like, that's super tight, right? Whereas with Romance in the Stone, I think Dwight nailed it. It's like, okay, first it starts, the first two minutes is some weird Western. It's like, oh, no, she's reading the book. All right, fine. And she's crying at her own book. All right, forget about that. Now it's a ransom movie because her sister, blah, blah, blah. Now we go to Colombia. Now it's some sort of a treasure hunt. And now it's running away from the bad guys. Like it doesn't really decide what it wants to be. And so it, it is four things badly instead of
3: being one thing well. Okay. Does that make Danny and... the action star? Sorry? Does that mean Danny Devito's the action star? <laughs> kind of, isn't he? He's
1: the yes. best
0: actor in that movie for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: honestly his
1: comic relief parts were very Probably enjoyable yeah yeah. yeah yeah so so we all hate we all didn't we shouldn't say hate but we all realized that it's not it didn't hold up at all and and for it's it's funny because i think i think luciana picked this because we assume the reasons why a movie wouldn't hold up are based on like the the you know the tropes from the 80s that we've now stopped using in the you know, 2000s being racist being sexist being all those things but the reality is it was just a muddled mess of a movie that we accepted because we didn't know better so if you were trying to say i'm gonna make a romancing the stone style movie and we'll I'll, i'll label that style as like a romantic comedy that has action in it are there any pieces from romancing the stone that you could use would you chop things out like for example i would chop out the fact that she's a romance author like who cares you could still call it romancing the stone and not have her be a romance novelist. Like that didn't matter at all. And you could have saved yourself probably ten minutes of story time.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I don't know because it's very important towards the end where they're like taken in by that crazy fan of hers and all that stuff. I don't think that that's the problem. Like you needed to make the beginning, like the first act of the movie, needs to needed to be like a ha- half the time maybe, uh, just establishing. Okay, she's you know being. She has to go to Colombia or whatever because of her sister. Like you don't have to go through all of the the stuff that happened there, and then you can get to the action faster, and make the plot a little bit less all over the place. With like you don't need three villains in the movie. So you're saying just you just basically
2: it- got to rewrite the entire movie, right? <laughs> I think so that's the, similar feeling yeah, that I have.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the premise is not bad. Like if you if you state it as a premise, you know this uh, romance novelist. Has to go to Colombia to rescue her sister that's being uh, held uh, hostage because she has this thing that the, the the kidnappers want, and then it turns into a an action movie where everybody is going after whatever the treasure is. It's not that necessarily a bad plot; it's just it was written all over the place and it didn't really commit to any of those pieces. Yeah, there's okay, so- uh,
2: there's too much stuff going on, too many characters, like. Not enough time to yeah. build each individual character. Like, you don't really get a backstory of anyone else. And you're just yeah. like, okay, everyone, this guy's evil. This guy wants to be the hero, but also, like, wants the money. And, like, she's just a naive novelist. And you're like, okay, go with
3: it. Yeah, I think it would have been better if it was, like, half of it was focused on, like, her just trying to find, like, where they are. And, like, no no other callback to, like, the people that did the kidnapping and stuff. Just, like, her journey to, like, figure out where they are in Columbia and then, like, split off to when she gets to them then it's like they're the main villain the only villain really yeah that would have been a lot easier to follow and like I might have been more interested
2: but I think in terms of like political correctness and whatnot I think romancing the stone was probably the safest
0: I mean, but that was why to... I picked it honestly I'm hard yeah. to find something in it to be honest
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like nothing happens so it's easy to be politically <laughs> correct when nothing yeah. happens fair fair I mean, the thing
1: I, the thing I would pick up the most is the fact that she went to Colombia and and the thing you know she was a fish out of water, but she found an American man yeah. who was like that's if you would make this movie now, it would be like that guy should be Colombian who spoke yeah who
2: spoke English. yeah,
1: but but you could argue you could still pull it off and no one would blink an eye at it. It would just be like yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, it'd probably be the safest of all three, but also. For worst. other reasons, it was probably the worst movie.
0: It, I think because it's so tame everywhere. That, that's why it's safe. But it, like, you wouldn't do well nowadays. Yeah, for I sure. I don't think. Because in yeah.
3: all honesty, what really happens? <laughs> Nothing stands out in this movie. to me.
2: People get eaten by alligators. He, he swam in the water to chase after an alligator, skinned it, and made boots out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the 80s. That's the most 80s thing about this movie. Is like
0: you get to the end and you're running out of money. And I was like, okay, let's wrap this up. He now has a boat. He found the alligator that stole the, the, the stone the somehow thing. in the middle of all those alligators, killed it, got the stone, sold it somehow, bought a boat, made boots, came back. Found, like it's, it's, it's a very 80s thing to do.
3: Yeah, it all wraps up nice and tightly at the end, basically. Well, nicely,
0: sure. Tightly,
3: eh. eh yeah, okay. Well, Tightly for <laughs> this movie. Good. In the context Is, of this movie, it's
1: tight. I mean, uh, on the one hand, it's very tight for this context, yeah. And on the other hand, it, it at least doesn't leave the worst cliffhanger of all time, right? Like, that's the common trope we face in the, in our movies now. It's like, I'm just going to add a, a part in here where we know there's definitely going to be a sequel. Even if, you know, there's no sequel that actually happens, they still want to lay up and get a three-picture sequel movie deal going on. Uh, oh, yeah. So, that was nice the other thing i think I, I would like to point out here i pointed out when we were talking and i need to point out in here now is um the the one of the villains the villain that was bossing danny DeVito around why did he have the scullet haircut like it didn't <laughs> add to his character it he's he, a bad guy bad yeah, guy. yeah. Yep. but like n- why? he needs to be
0: ugly because he's a bad guy yeah that's that's that aggressive hot, choice
1: for being ugly.
0: It's the <laughs> 80s, man. Do you remember the shit that went on in the 80s with movies yeah. and stuff like that? Like, that's tame. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't have a scar running through his whole face or something.
1: But the thing is, it's like, that's an act of choice someone made. It's not yeah. like... Like, that's what baffles me. Like, <laughs> this guy's gonna have a, a, a skullet. And it's like... Style I, choice. I guess, but like, this is part of the... the you know, this is what you guys point out. It's like... He's like... I don't spend enough time with this guy to know if he's a villain or not. He seems kind of evil, but kind of not, but kind of. And they never, they never use that for anything. Like it's what just, they he, set it up for nothing.
0: He's like Worf in, in Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, sorry. Oh, where okay. he's like, he's, he's just evil enough for the other guy to seem more evil.
3: What if that really wasn't their choice? And like the actor just had a it, and he's like, I'm not changing this. Uh have you seen
0: his acting Do you think they couldn't replace him (laughs) like that was that was an active like i don't know who who takes care of how hairs look in the movie but whoever that person is that person was like you know what a skullet will drive the point that he's a villain which in the 80s is like tame because like in the 80s people people not all movie makers, obviously, because that would be stupid to say. But like a lot of the more me- mediocre, um, storytellers, let's call them if we can, they were like, okay, audiences are idiots, so we need to show them that this guy is super evil. So like they will have you know metal teeth, like you know uh, some of the some of the Bond movies have. Uh, what's his What's his name? Iron Jaw or whatever. Awesome. And yeah, so. He, he, like, we're lucky that on top of the skeleton, he didn't have like a giant scar running through his whole face and maybe an eye patch. Like, he wasn't totally evil, he
1: was just maybe exactly evil.
0: Exactly. And the, the way you know the actual, mostly evil guy is evil is one, he's foreign, so there you go, and two, he has a, must- a mustache, yeah, mm-hmm. right? check and check, yeah. So I I think I don't I didn't know that the skelet bothered you this much matt but I guess here we
1: are it's such it's just such an awful it's never been an acceptable haircut never ever ever
0: are you and, are you worried that you know people might think you would sport a skeleton? is that way you're so worried No, I can't sport a skull I can't grow
1: hair anywhere on my head yeah you can oh my beard but like not for hair like it's just it's just such an, a weird like you made this choice, and it was obviously wrong at the time. <laughs> it just blows my mind.
0: Uh, I never expected you to be this distraught by a hair store style of a secondary
1: villain that makes no difference. So bad, just so so bad. Okay, so we've been through these three movies. Um, we've talked about the pros and cons of them, how we can improve them. So let's let's give it a rank of. We'll do it twice. We'll do one for a ranking of which one you like the most to the least. And then we'll talk about, you know, which one would hold up without any changes in 2020. So let's start with your, your top movies. Uh, Doug, you go first.
3: Uh, Police Academy, Beverly Hills, Romance in the Stone. Well, there's a really big space between Beverly Hills and Romance in the Stone.
1: Give, you know, give each one a number, a rank out of 10. Uh, Feel free to use the coward.
3: No, Police Academy, say eight out of 10. Beverly Hills Cop, um, I'll use Coward's number, 7 out of 10. And then Romancing the Stone, legitimately, is like 4
1: out of 10 for me. Okay. Cobra, no, Cobra you go first. Mix it, me? mix and match. Okay. Yeah. okay.
0: So for me, uh, it's the same order: Police Academy, Beverly Hills Cop, and, and Romancing the Stone. Police Academy to me is nostalgia goggles fully on, strapped to my head, glued in, never coming off, 9 out of 10 uh beverly hills cop is eight out of ten Romantic the stone 5.5 5 out of ten for me jesus decimals
2: good god <laughs> <laughs> dwight yeah same order but um police academy would be like a six uh beverly hills cop would be like five and the stone would be like two three maybe jesus Damn. Christ, they're dead. Like, I was look, look at murdering critic over here. Jesus Christ! I, I basically stopped paying attention for *Romeo the Stone* because I was so uninterested. I was like,
0: no, "That's fine," but like I thought you liked *Police Academy* way more than a six out of ten.
1: Uh, hey, hey, Roger Ebert, can you give us what you would give *Rush Hour*? Just so we have rush some hour? context here. Yeah, I'd be like
2: an eight out of ten. But okay. I have to watch that. I have to watch that uh, soon to give a better number. But what's a ten out of ten yeah. for you? 10 out of 10 in terms of action comedy or? Yeah, sure. Uh, you have to get back to me on that one. I have to see. <laughs> wow. It's like no movies hold up to my standards. <laughs> hey. you to
1: do on a bell curve or something. We need to bring Gabor in. <laughs> Gabor is, Wow. I mean, something if else. we can get a two out of him, we'll be ecstatic.
0: No, no. Gabor would say, you know, something like, oh, Romancing the Stone is shit. But, like, Police Academy is eight out of ten. And I love it. But, and then he would go into
1: a 30-minute diatribe about how everything was shit. Yeah. Like, All right, so, Matt? That. Right rock. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to switch it. I'm going to say Beverly Hills Cop is ahead of Police Academy and then Romancing the Stone. But, but it's actually, you know what, they're tied for Beverly Hills Cop and Police Academy. Like, I give them both eights. And *Romancing the Stone*, like I said, I give it like a four. Um, I think that that *Nostalgia Glasses*, you know, sc- screwed into my skull just like *Luciano*. Um, I really enjoyed both those movies. They hit different buttons for me. And *Romancing the Stone* was just a confusing mess. So yeah, that's that's where I'd land with them. So same, we'll go with the same order. And now we're going to talk about if you could bring them forward or not, as, as is, no changes, uh, done.
3: Beverly Hill Cops no. Police Academy no. Romancing the Stone, yes. And just because of all the random offhanded comments about like gay people and that for both Beverly Hills Cops and Police Academy.
1: Okay. So, so Romancing the Stone you could watch now and you wouldn't be happy about it, but it would work. <laughs> i
3: don't think it was I'd probably give it like less I'd probably give it like a one if this movie came out today, but
1: What if what if I told you the stars of Romancing the Stone were like uh, I need some younger actors. I was thinking Tom Z- Cruise. Zach
0: Efron and, uh, <laughs> uh, um, I don't know, Jennifer Lawrence.
3: Yeah, I would definitely not watch it still.
0: Okay, okay. good good to know. Luciano? Um, romance in the Stone, yes. Burley Hills Cop, probably yes. Police Academy, no. Um, I think that one-off remark that they make on, on um, or two, I should say, on, Beverly Hills Cop, would not cause it to be... Some of the most vocal, like, pearl-clutching idiots would go, oh, my God, you know? But, like, like 99% of the population would be fine with it. I don't think it would do as well as it did. Like, a movie like that today, it's hard for me to gauge that without the nostalgia goggles, but I think it would drop to, like, a a coward out of 10 nowadays. (laughs) But, yeah. And Police Academy, there's no way. Yeah, it would have to be a completely new movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Do I know?
2: Yeah, uh police police academy would be no. Beverly cop is like a maybe, maybe fix one or two things and then we're the stone, yes, because it's like the least offensive like nothing really happens. It's like oh it's like yeah. the
0: wonder bread of movies. Basically. <laughs> and I
2: was like, okay.
1: Matt? Yeah, uh I gotta agree with, agree with you. Dwight, it's really just a question of, of what the contents is. And the most boring contents didn't offend anybody, didn't excite anybody. So you could bring that romantic in the stone. I had no problem. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop, you could probably get away with it, but it's it's questionable. Um, and, then, and then Police Academy is a hard no. There's too much that's wrapped into those jokes um, that it's too blatantly obvious.
0: I think, you know, Police Academy... Sorry, uh, Beverly Hills Cop could benefit from like, switching some characters like they, they like to do in in, in remakes where, you know, uh, Rose would be a woman or, you know, uh, I don't know, the the villains would be like lesbians, something like that, just to kind of throw a bone for everybody. And then it would land really badly because people, oh, they're just pandering, that kind of stuff. But... I, I think if it was made nowadays, they would remove that joke the, the at the end that the bad guys are talking about. Um, But I still think people would find ways to complain. I, that's one of the, the kind of movie I feel that people would find ways to complain about, even if there was nothing to complain about. Yeah.
1: Just because it's
0: too like nice, if that makes ch- any sense. No,
2: but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Do you guys think there's a problem with like pandering in today's movies? It's like got to be inclusive to everybody, so everyone has to be thrown a bone. It's like at one hand, it's pretty obviously throwing a bone, but on the other hand, it's like I guess it's nice that they're being more inclusive.
1: I, I don't want to get into a moral or philosophical debate on that stuff, but it's 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 not pandering because if you don't do it then no one gets used to the concept right so like yes you have to be like i should have a a woman of color in this movie and i should have a guy in this movie and i should have a girl in this movie and someone who's latino or latinx and someone who is who's uh you know transgendered etc because if you don't do that stuff it doesn't become normalized for people so they yep. kind of have to go out of the way to make it happen um so to answer your question yes they are intentionally adding these people to movies but I think it's good because that's how you normalize it in society and make it make, make people realize that, you know, the gays aren't coming to corrupt all our children, etc. cetera. Like oh, yeah.
2: I think it's like it's a good thing, but some people lean into it too hard. Maybe that's a discussion for another time.
0: Yeah. But I think I think it's not pandering just as a as a side comment. I think Same. it's what Matt said is we need to make this be okay with everybody and that nobody's going to get outraged because someone who they're not expecting to show up, show up. I don't think it needs to be, you know, everything needs to having like an inclusive thing all the time. But because we've never done it before, we need to kind of earn the side of being more inclusive, even if it seems like pandering. I don't think it's pandering though.
2: Yeah, I think it's more
3: like becoming closer to like how like society, everything is nowadays too. Like And and like
0: like a representative of actual, you know, Society, like there are people that are different than in the, the viewer, whoever the viewer is, right? And, and people need to be okay with that. Like it shouldn't matter. Yeah, that's but how I see it, basically. Since it matters, we should include people more.
1: Yes, I also agree.
0: So let's, let's wrap this up. Um, I guess everybody was wrong except for me. We all agree. Yes, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you Classic. From the stone, so
3: a wrong of the wrong. The wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's I was right in the sense that it holds up, but it was not a good movie. I I honestly thought it was a much better. I remember it being a much better movie. I think it's what Matt said. My my child brain was like, oh, this is fun, <laughs> but it doesn't hold up at all as as a movie. It holds up in in the sense that, you know.
2: Inoffensive. nothing
0: is offensive
3: yeah Yeah, yeah
0: for sure alright so um, thank you Dwight thank you Don for joining us in this wonderful adventure of watching old ass movies that you know aren't as good as we remember them being honestly except for Police Academy <laughs> um, so you guys want to say something before we fully wrap up
2: uh, no not really thanks for having us on it was pretty fun watching a couple of movies with you guys. Just going through, um, I guess, some parts that uh, needed a bit more context as to what was going on. It was really helpful to just like either pause the movie or just shit talk the movie halfway through or while we're watching it. <laughs> that was like a lot of fun. Like it definitely brings a different element to watching movies. Um, but yeah, would we'll do this again. 10 out of 10.
0: Same. It actually is interesting to watch. That those movies with people who've never seen them before and don't have the like the era context, it it really brings some stuff to light that I would never have seen. I don't think.
3: Um, done. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was fun. That's same thing. I think uh, shit talking movies while well, watching them is pretty pretty entertaining by itself. I would definitely do it any day.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for coming. And we'll definitely schedule something for like '90s movies. Maybe we'll see. And maybe we'll do the flip side. And then you guys pick some movies that are like. Dear to you as like kids that we watched as adults, and we can get the perspective in that way.
2: Oh, Jurassic Park!
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was still pretty much a kid when I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So, without anything to add, um, that's all the time we have for today. So for now, I'm Luciano. I'm still Matt, and uh, we're here to tell you that, except for the four of us, everyone else has the right to have the wrong opinion, even though they're still wrong. See you next time, guys.